0: Broadcasting live from the RNR Studios in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Presented by Tequila Embajador.
1: Yep. Come on. Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail.
0: It is that time of week. We go to our weekly Raiders mailbag. We normally do this on Friday, but we have such a uh, jam-packed show uh, on Friday over at the uh, TI, uh, the Golden Circle Sportsbook, that we couldn't get to the Q&A last week. So uh, we got so many questions. I do this for the uh, Las Vegas Review-Journal Vegas Nation um, every week, and we get so many questions that I can't get to all of them. Uh, and so we uh, go ahead and try to answer as many as we can that we couldn't get to here on Raider Nation Radio. Uh, Damon Cotton, our great um, mail person, is going to uh, take it from here. All right, Vinny, this is Demond, from— where's my check, by the way? What are you talking—oh, the mail. <laughs> hey, man, it's a little slow season. I hear you. Okay,
2: this is from Brian Catlin at Brian4Catlin on Twitter. We've been seeing, I've been seeing this a lot, and it's just— I don't know why people care so much, but I do see it a lot on Twitter. Yeah. Any update on position coaches? Are we still without a tight end coach? And if so, what will the plan be for this season? Will they hire someone, or does that group go without
0: a coach? You know what? At this point, and uh, it's a, thank you for reminding me, I do have to uh, to reach back out to see if that's changed uh, since the last time I asked. Uh, but as of right now, they do not have a tight ends coach Um and maybe they're uh, having somebody double up uh, at that at that uh, spot. Maybe the offensive coordinator is the. You know, sometimes they do this in college where you're also a positional coach. So um, maybe that's what they're doing. But as of the last time I checked, which was just a couple of days ago, uh, no, the Raiders don't have a tight ends coach. Um, and I'm going to check in on that uh, probably within the next hour or so.
2: All right, we've got another one here from Nathan UCAB. <laughs> Where do we see the answers for these? If they do get answered, that is. Oh,
0: Nathan. Is that his name? Yes, it is. Nathan, you go to Vegas Nation, man. You download the app Vegas Nation or go to VegasNation.com. It's in print. And so, well, you're going to read it uh, digitally. So, uh, yes, it's in the Las Vegas Review Journal. It runs every Saturday. It posts um, sometime on Friday. So it's always there. It's one of the most read articles that I write every single week. It is a uh, click. I don't do anything for clickbait, but people want to see as many questions and see as many questions answered. And in some cases, see their own questions uh, answered. So it's a kind of a cool thing. Uh, all you have to do is go to Vegas Nation, uh, the app or VegasNation.com or pick up the newspaper. You could do that as well, or just wait till Friday nights or Mondays. Uh, and uh, we'll, we'll do the Q&A here. All right, this is from Chris Ketchum
2: at Sin City underscore Raider. You guys seem to have less access to the coaches and players and field than I can ever remember. Is that a new regime thing? Uh, One more time. Okay. You guys seem to have less access to the coaches and players and field than I can ever remember. Is that a new regime thing?
0: Well, number one, uh, we've only been on the field one t- one day, so uh, yeah, we were in a little bit of a different. And place. that's
2: to his point, Vinny. It's less yes, access. However, than that. I'm kidding.
0: Yeah, that that but that part of it so far uh, looks like we're a little bit further away um, from from the action. Although by the time when they came over to our side of the field, uh, it was perfectly fine. Although they, you know there were some uh, issues going on there, but um, in terms of access to the coaches, I wouldn't necessarily say that. Uh, if you look back at John Gruden, I don't even think he spoke until. Um, he usually didn't speak until minicamp or after minicamp, and uh, there were times when I would ask him why. It's like I don't know about my football team yet. What do you want me to say about my football team? I don't even know who my starting this guy is. That. It? What do you want me to say? So I was like, John, I still got to fill copy and <laughs> write stories and stuff like that. He's like, Oh, that's your issue. So uh, he wouldn't talk until after minicamp. We've already talked to Josh uh, McDaniels. Uh, a couple of times, and and we, we talked to him uh, last Thursday. I would expect that we're going to talk to him again uh, this Thursday. So I wouldn't say that there's a lack of access or less access to the coaches uh, this year compared to uh, in years past. So um, we'll keep an eye on that. But, yeah, it looked like, anyway, the first day of uh, OTAs, we were looking at it from a different vantage point for sure.
2: All right. This is from Clutch King at 2, the number 2, Clutch Carlson on Twitter. Since Parham is only listed at guard, does that mean Andre James has secured his spot in the starting five for
0: now? I mean, I I guess it's definitely safe to say that. Um, And and, uh, I I felt like uh, Andre James, the center, um, who had made a positional uh, change from tackle in college at UCLA to center, uh, spent his first two years in the NFL, I think he signed in 2019. So 2019, 2020, he was basically in the lab, making the transition to center. Was it a rocky road to start out with last year for under jams? No doubt about it. Uh, but of all the offensive linemen, and this is just me, uh, and you know, I, I follow PFF and all their grades and whatnot, Um, it it started out slow for Andre James, and I hate to keep reiterating this, but remember, they were expecting to have Richie Incognito on one side of him and Denzel Good, a veteran, on the other side of him. That never materialized, so Andre James was playing alongside John Simpson to the left of him, a second-year player who had barely played the year before, uh, and then Denzel Good for one half, and then it was Jermaine Illuminar for a couple of games, and then a rookie in Alex Leatherwood. It certainly didn't uh, go as planned for young Andre James. However, I would say by the second half of the season, he was putting together some really solid performances. So um, I think that Dylan Parham being listed as guard right now is probably you know the Raiders' plan for him initially is to let him focus on guard uh, and try to uh, get him on solid footing there. I'm sure he's going to cross-train at, at center. Uh, it behooves them to do that. Uh, but but yeah, I think that Andre James did enough last year to to go into this season pretty confident that that he's the odds on favorite. Now, having said that, everybody's got to earn their positions, especially on the offensive line. Um, so uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't put it in pencil or pen just yet. But I think he's the odds on favorite for sure.
2: All right, this next one this can also rally back to my point on unnecessary roughness. I said, hey, maybe why not throw a flower a, a waiver out there? You know, a flyer mm-hmm. on Odell Beckham you laughed at me but i'm just saying but this goes to michael fernetti's question as well at michael fernetti on twitter do the raiders need to do more to address the lack of speed in the wide receiver room or do you expect them to keep the current
0: wide receiver group as is i think it stays as is um i think uh heck we're gonna get to bill barnwell uh, a little bit later uh in uh in and uh, does the call stand or is it overturned he felt like the raiders didn't even have to go get Devontae Adams, that they didn't have to uh, pay the price that they did to go get a, uh, a top-flight wide receiver. I'm not going to say whether I agree with them or not. I think it's pretty obvious I don't agree with them. Uh But uh, to add to it, I think that's that that, that position is, is pretty well off because think about it. You've got Devontae Adams. You've got Hunter Renfro. And let's not forget or overlook Darren Waller's a receiver. I'm not going to say he's the wide receiver because he's definitely listed as a tight end, but he's a receiver and he lines up all over the place. That's your those are your three wide receivers. Those are your three receivers, Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, and Hunter Renfro. And I thought that the Raiders did a pretty good job um, you know, mixing and matching behind those guys. Um, when you're talking about Mac Collins, when you're talking about Keelan Cole, when you're talking about DeMarcus Robinson, I think that they've got enough in that room. To confidently go into this season with, I think there's a lot of versatility. I think there's a lot of depth. I think there's a lot of guys that could do a lot of different things. Uh, but I don't think I don't see that there's a big need right now for Odell.
2: All right, moving on. This is from Matias Benavides at Matias Ben92 on Twitter. Thoughts on a Waller extension?
0: Definitely deserves uh, a contract extension. I don't know if it happens uh, this year, but I would imagine uh, this time next year. Uh, it'll be a uh, a big uh, topic um, because he deserves it, you know. And I and I do know that, you know, it's a little bit tricky. We just literally said that he was a, a receiver, even though uh, in name he's a tight end, and that gets a little bit tricky uh, when you're talking about uh, the top of the market and 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 where the money is for tight ends compared to wide receivers. There's no doubt that wide receivers are the higher paid. Other two positional groups, he is listed as a tight end, and that's how the Raiders are going to look at it as well. Uh, when they go back to the negotiating table, just like the Kansas City Chiefs did uh, with uh, Travis Kelsey, just like the 49ers did uh, with uh, with George Kittle. So um they're they're sort of the victims of the title of tight end. And that means that they can't really expect to get the big, big money. Uh, that, that the wide receivers do. So, However, I do think that he deserves a, uh, a, a chance for another contract, and I think at some point he's going to get it. All right, this is from Bob
2: Dobb at Bob Dobb34169935 <laughs> nine, nine, on Twitter. Any early sense of how much a fullback will be used in this offense? Did you get any sense of the base and nickel alignments for the
0: defense? Uh, not yet on the base and Nichols. Um, it was it was it's very very early uh, in that in that process. Uh, we're back out there Thursday. I'll, I'll keep an eye on that uh, a little bit more. Um, I think that you know the, the the Patriots have traditionally used a tight end um, selectively, but definitely have used them. Uh, that's one thing about Josh McDaniels' offense. I don't think they they have every base covered. Some teams don't even use. I mean, have a fullback on the roster anymore. I don't think you'll ever catch a Bill Belichick or Josh McDaniels-run team that didn't have th- something of everything uh, just because you need uh, to be able to dip into that uh, every once in a while. And I think the Patriots have done that enough to suggest that the Raiders are going to continue to use uh, that fullback. And I'll also say this. This is definitely an observation from um, from when we were out there Thursday. Uh, we had talked about that red zone drill that that where you know the the offense self police themselves and um, you know they they penalize themselves with a uh, with a run a lap when things got a little bit sloppy. But one thing about that drill that also stood out to me was uh, they were running the heck out of the ball, and it was a big. It was a. I know it's you can't get all that physical right now, but you can tell that had you put pads on and there been an opponent on the other side, there was an intent, there was a commitment to be physical with the way they were running the ball uh, down in that area of the field. And I can't wait to see what that looks like in a real game because I think that the Raiders, that mindset of being big, tough, physical, smart, efficient in that side of the field is going to carry over at least intentionally. I don't know if they'll be able to execute it. That's a whole other story. Uh, but but they're going in with intentions of running the ball and being a physical football team uh, down in that area of the field. You can see it, even though it was in you know shorts and shoulder pads and, and helmets. You can you could feel the intent to be physical right there. Uh, so uh, I would imagine a fullback's going to be in play, and I would imagine that uh, physical running is going to be in play, especially down there on that side of the field.
2: All right, this is from Mike Tar at Mike Tar Five. Hey Vinny, thanks for your hard work and always. As always, can you give us an early injury report update? Sounds like Good is back.
0: What about Drake? Uh, Kenyon Drake was not on the field uh, that I saw. Um, we, we were looking at it from a different vantage point, but uh, I know Tashawn and I were scanning the field for a bunch of players, and we didn't see Kenyon out there. Um, again, he he had uh, surgery last season, so uh, you know a lot of those type of guys uh, at this point, um, they're going to be. Taken care of, and uh, they're going to give everybody every second uh, to get right and to uh, to to be in the best possible position uh, to 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 be at their fullest and complete, uh, at most complete by the time training camp starts. So did not see him. Denzel was out there. I thought that was a good sign. He was out in early out stretching. Uh, did some sprints with the uh, with the full group. And then when the uh, when when everyone else parted ways uh, into the offense, defense, and uh, you know individuals with position groups, Denzel went to go work with uh, with one of the trainers uh, off to the side. But he was doing running, he was doing drills. Uh, so just eyeballing it, it looks like you know he's closing in and and uh, on target t- uh, to be ready. Uh, this is From our Desi Seven Eleven
2: on Twitter. Do you think Foster Moreau can flourish in McDaniel's two tight end offense, especially given the talent around him?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, Foster Moreau, without question, uh, has the uh, the necessary talent level. And I think that when the Raiders uh, have tapped into him, he's responded pretty well. Uh, so it, it's, it's, you know, uh, part of it is his number getting called. And uh, it hasn't, it, it's been infrequent, I would say. Although you know, uh, last year completely healthy, Uh, I thought he had a nice year. I I still think there's something left there. I still think that there's something um, that the Raiders could get out of him, and maybe uh, a different philosophy, a different set of eyes, uh, a different you know playbook uh, might be able to tap him, uh, tap into him a a little bit better than what they've done uh, at least last year when he was completely healthy. And I think that's somebody to keep an eye on because again, we've we've talked about this so many times. A the Raiders and Josh McDaniels use multiple tight ends and I think multiple tight ends will uh, have a chance to make plays number one Uh, and and, and number two when you talk about having Devontae Adams and Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller um, on the field and guys like Josh Jacobs too other weapons uh, there's there's only so many guys that the opposing defense can truly devote uh, attention to extra attention to. So I would imagine that Foster Moreau is going to be in some pretty favorable uh, matchups uh, uh, this year with all the talent that's around him. And uh, then it's on. Does Derek Carr uh, look his way and, and get him the ball in those favorable matchups? You want to say yes, uh, but at the same time, and, and I know that Foster is going to have to fight through this a little bit. When you have Devonte Adams and Darren Waller and Foster and uh, and, and and Hunter Renfro. Those guys are going to get the ball, and rightfully so, because if you're the quarterback, you want to get it into those players' hands. So um, it's going to be on Derek to, to look his way for that number to get called uh, specifically. But I do think when they tap into him, uh, he's going to respond well.
2: All right, this is from Mike Gillespie at Mikey GNB on Twitter. If they finish well below 500 and miss the playoffs, does Davis allow McDaniels to scapegoat D.C.? Or is Patriots West one and done?
0: Wow, man, going to the negative. This guy's looking bleak. Yeah, I know, right? Um, I, you know, look at uh, every every season is its own journey, and for me to sit here and say and and even think about the Raiders falling below five hundred this year, something will have had to have catastrophically gone wrong. Uh, maybe that is the players didn't respond, or Derek Carr had a bad year, or whatever the case might be. But I think more uh, likely than that, if they were to finish uh, with that kind of a record, tons of injuries would have had to have happened. Um, so you know, um, we'll see. We'll see if that happens. We'll 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 have to look into why did it happen and who was most responsible for it. Uh, Josh McDaniels being a one and done. No, that's not going to happen. Uh, and I I just I I knowing Derek Carr and, and watching Derek Carr, I can't sit here and say that I that I think that um, Derek Carr will be a, a reason why or a, a, an impediment uh, to what the Raiders want to get to this year. I think that for that to happen, something catastrophic will have had to happen. And when I say that, I mean tons of injuries. All right, this next one. Conversation
2: about this has died down a little bit, but, hey, on Friday it was a hot topic. Yes. Khalid Abdullah asked, at Khalid, 74 Mm -hmm. what are the chances raiders actually sign kaepernick
0: yeah i mean uh we talked to bill williamson about this a little bit uh a little while ago um you know as as time goes on um you know it probably dissipates i guess but uh but there could be reasons why they're why they're why they're doing that as well uh maybe they want to get the full picture of their quarterback room Right now, and the best way to do it is to take a look at what they have. Uh, use this time that they have, uh, the, the, this last week of, of OTAs, and then next week's mini camp to get a real handle uh, on on what uh, they they have behind Derek Carr. Um, it could also be—I don't know that this is the case. It could also be that um, you know the Raiders saw what they what they saw in Colin Kaepernick, and uh, right now uh, they just feel like the options that they have behind. Derek Carr, uh, represent better options than Colin Kaepernick. And I know in theory it's easy to say, oh, well, Colin Kaepernick is obviously better than Nick Mullins. He's obviously better than Jared Siddham. But remember, when we say that, it's in theory only because we're thinking about you know Colin Kaepernick leading the 49ers to a Super Bowl. Colin Kaepernick uh, in 2016. And we're, we're actually, he didn't even play uh, that much in 2016 or, or 2015. It's been a long time since we've seen – um, Colin Kaepernick, and it's not like over those the, the uh, preceding or these uh, you know the following six, five, six years he was out there playing, and we we have a good book on him and a good look at uh, at him. Or he's been able to stay sharp by playing. He's had none of that. It's been just nothing. Can't see it. Hasn't been able to play to stay sharp. So we don't know where he is. Uh, in, 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 in all that, you know, I'm sure the arm is, is, is fine, but you know, what does his legs look like? What does his accuracy look like? Um, we don't know. And, uh, you know, I have my feelings on the fact that he hasn't played football in the last five years. I think everyone understands where I'm coming from, uh, on that. I think it was an injustice. Uh, but we, if you're Dave Ziegler and you're Josh McDaniels, you had nothing to do with any of that. All you're responsible for right now is looking at Colin Kaepernick uh, today, right now, in May of 2022, and watching him in his workout um, and 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 seeing what you need to see and, and all of that, and then making a decision, does this Colin Kaepernick represent an upgrade over the backup quarterbacks that they have right now? And I don't think that anything else is going to come into that decision whatsoever. So um, you have to respect if their decision is yes or no. The longer it goes, I don't know if that bodes uh, better or worse for Colin Kaepernick. Um, but 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 I but I have been told, and I and I truly believe this: if the writers believe that he improves the roster, there will be no hesitation to sign him.
2: All right, last one. I'm going to close out with this one from Ricardo Pena at Ricardo three one seven six eight five four nine on Twitter. Now that you've gotten a chance to see him on the field, granted it was only one practice. What is your assessment on Leatherwood's improvement? How different does he look? Uh,
0: he he looks different physically. Um, the body looks different, and we mentioned and talked about that on Friday. That's a good thing. Uh, he's obviously taken care of himself and been diligent in that regard, um, you know, in the time since we saw him last year to just keep chipping away and keep improving um, the body, and that's always a constant um, uh, process. So it's hard to say watching him uh, in a two-hour uh, OTA practice how much he's gotten better. I really need to see it when there's full pads on and uh, there's a game being played and he's there's an opposition that has uh, nasty intentions to go get his quarterback or running back. I need to see that. I need to see it in competition before you can really start talking about how much better he is because we just don't know. But I will say this, and I, I mentioned this on Friday, the fact that he was diligent with the body – if if he was as diligent with the other part of it, the fundamentals, the getting in the film room, uh, studying, listening, if he was as diligent about those parts um, of, of his offseason as he was with getting the body uh, in better shape and just looking better, then I think that we're going to have to wait and see until – um, whether it's a joint practice uh, where where the physicality you know gets notched up a couple of notches, uh, or in an actual uh, preseason game, and I would imagine that young Alex Leatherwood is going to get a lot of time in the preseason uh, to show just how much he has improved. Or, and you have to be realistic about this, not we don't know. So uh, that, that's a question that remains to be seen, and it's an ongoing uh, question that we're going to continue, obviously, to monitor. You're in the huddle with Mini Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila and Bahadur. Thanks for all the great questions. You guys always. Somebody on NFL uh, Network Radio I was on uh, NFL Radio on Saturday. Uh, they actually read that story and said, boy, you guys got a lot of great qu- questions. So kudos to all the um, uh, all the people that participate on a weekly basis because the questions really are top-notch. You're in the Huddle with Vinny Monsignor brought to you by Tequila and Bajador. Raider Nation, Radio nine twenty a.m. on a Tuesday. Interact with the show. Text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at vinnie Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Thank you again to all the uh, mailbag questions. Again, you can check it out in print or go digitally to uh, Vegas Nation, the app, or VegasNation.com every Saturday, usually by Friday night. Uh, we post it, so uh, get a chance to look at it in that version as well. Back out to the Realty One Group listener line because Dan, our good friend, is on the beach in San Diego with his dog, apparently.
3: No, no, no. My, I don't have a dog anymore. But just my kid's dog. Hey, yeah, I was on the beach about an hour and a half ago. Beautiful. I just got back. Now I'm looking at the mountains
0: nice
3: in my backyard anyway I'm coming out to Vegas the 5th for my in my home in Vegas for the uh, you know the NBA uh, Summer League
0: right yes
3: that's coming up yeah yeah, when do the when does the Raiders uh training camp open up
0: uh it would be the uh, second to last week of July. I kind of know the date, but uh, oh, okay. it, it hasn't quite been uh, you know, made official. But it's be- because they have a new head coach, um, it'll start. And because they play in the Hall of Fame, goal, Hall right. of Fame game, that's, that's more important, actually, uh, or more pertinent as it relates to this. Uh, they're going to start a week earlier. So typically it was right around July 30th, you know, uh, July 29th, somewhere around there. Uh, but because they're playing in the Hall of Fame game, just back that up a week. So uh, somewhere around there is where they'll um, is where is where the Raiders are going to open up training camp.
3: Yeah, good because I'll, I'll extend my visit. Uh, yeah, any, anyway. So who do you like in the NBA uh, championship?
0: I like the Golden State Warriors, and I think that um, you know I think the Boston Celtics uh, are going to put up a fight, um, probably a better fight, only because I think they're 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 just a healthier team right now. Than the Miami uh, Heat, uh, I think they're going to put up a better fight than uh, than the Golden. than excuse me, the Heat would have, um, but I just think that the the the, the Warriors have a championship medal. Uh, they have you know too many options that they can go to. They have, I think, the best player left in the tournament in Steph Curry. Um, I think Jason Tatum is a tremendous, tremendous basketball player. I love his future, uh, but I think between Steph, between Clay. Uh, between Draymond Green, um, they, they've got so much experience in these types of moments, and and, and some of those moments, you know, it, it's important. It's nothing to be to be overlooked. So I think that their uh, championship pedigree um, and talent too is going to win the day. How about yourself?
3: Well, I'm a big Celtic fan, have been for over fifty years, and uh, I'm a realist. I think the Warriors in seven.
0: Well, I mean, that would be a heck of a series. Uh, so, uh, th- and that will mean obviously that it uh, it goes back to Golden State to finish it off. So, uh, we'll see. Um, hopefully, it is a great series, and um, you know, uh, it's two great teams, two great organizations, uh, and uh, and they both earned their 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 way uh, to this uh, right now. So, uh, uh, can't wait for it to start. I think it starts on Thursday. So, uh, I'm all geared up for the NBA finals. All right, Vinny, are you ready? I am ready. And when we hear that music, we know what time of day it is. Uh, is it's time for is the call? Does the call stand, or is it overturned? And uh, Devon Cotton, our great producer, has uh, scoured uh, the uh, the sports headlines to come up with three uh, hot topic topics and uh, he's going to throw them at us. Oh, no, Vinny. The, 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 we had an
2: extended weekend. There may be more than three today. Oh, okay. There's so hey, much I'm, to get into I'm, I'm, from I'm, the I'm,
0: worldwide of sports. I am down for that. The more, the better. Uh, but uh, we're going to basically, or he's going to present it, in a does the call stand or is it overturned? And we're ready for it. You go for it, Devon. All right, Vinny.
2: Earlier, last segment, you were talking about Ben Bar- Phil Barnwell. Yes. In a segment, in a piece that he put out for ESPN.com, okay. behind that paywall, if some of you guys don't have that ESPN+. Plus. But he had the Raiders ranked 28th when it comes to off-season moves, and they, for those who can't do the math, that's fifth worst. He's saying that fifth it, worst in what was it? Um, the rankings, the off, how he feels teams have performed in the off-season when it comes to trades or free agents
0: in their draft. So Bill Barnwell said that the is saying that the Raiders had the fifth worst offseason in the NFL.
2: That is correct. Wow! And instead of me trying to regurgitate and try to pull put all of his points into my own words, let's just hear from Bill Barnwell himself. Okay, already. I don't think they're doing things the Patriots way at all. I mean, I I, I don't think there's anything
1: about what they do that makes me think they're doing it the Patriot way. Bill Belichick, when he's traded for guys who were stars in in their late 20s, early 30s, like a Randy Moss, he made Randy Moss take a pay cut. He gave up a fourth-round pick. There was no risk in that deal. If Randy Moss didn't work out, they were going to be fine. Same thing with Corey Dillon. We got Corey Dillon. He made Corey Dillon take a pay cut give up a two. And right? that both of those trades worked out very well for the Patriots. I'm sorry as a Raiders fan, I have to remind you of that, but it worked out <laughs> fine for the Patriots in the big picture. But for Devontae Adams, not only are you giving up a one and a two, you're paying him market value. And Devontae Adams is an awesome football player. There's no just acquiring Devontae Adams, but was that really what this Raiders team needed? I mean, they certainly have two talented receivers, in Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller both of whom want to get paid more money in the years to come and are going to get extensions removed on. Um, the offensive line was a concern. The defensive backfield was a concern. Those are the positions Bill Belichick would normally address, and those positions went basically unaddressed this offseason. So to me, I think the issue is not getting Devontae Adams, but it's paying a lot for Devontae Adams at this point in his career and not addressing those
2: two big weaknesses on that roster. That's what concerns me if I was a Raiders fan. Yep, and that was Bill Barnwell on ESPN Radio with Q Myers, in fact. And that was Q that asked him that question specific about the Raiders there. Right. But, Vinny, we heard what he had to say. Mm -hmm. Doesn't like the move for Devontae Adams. Says that, hey, he doesn't think that this Raider regime is doing anything like the Patriots would do, giving big contracts out, spending money, not being shrewd, not being cruel, and just cutting players just because he's over the age of 30. So, Vinny... Does the call stand that Bill Barnwell was correct in his assessment? Call
0: overturned. The call is overturned. <laughs> A couple of things I want to get to here. Uh, Bill Barnwell was actually extremely astute, and he normally is. He usually is. I'm not, uh, and we could all agree to disagree. Uh, that's what uh, makes the world turn. Uh, but he was extremely astute, DeMont Cotton, in pointing out that that wasn't the Patriots' way. And I think that's important to note because while Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler um, learned and developed and honed their skills in the Patriots organization, you know, sometimes I'll put it this way, Devon Cotton. Do you think that Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels agreed with everything Bill Belichick did while they were in New England? No way. Right. Okay. Do you think Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels ever thought to themselves... To Cotton ever thought to, m- to themselves, you know, no disrespect to Bill, but if I ever get a chance to run my own team, I'm going to do things a little bit differently. Do you think they ever, you think Dave Ziegler, as smart as he is, ever said that? Had to at least once. I would say multiple times. And that's no disrespect to Bill Belichick at all. It's just that everybody sees things a little bit differently. So it wasn't the Patriots way isn't a negative I always assumed, and we should all assume this, that while a lot of the foundation that Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels bring here to Las Vegas is obviously uh, centered um, you know, by the, by what they learned and, and saw and did and how they were honed in New England, they're going to put their own spin on it, as they should. This is their show. And so I wouldn't, you know, the, the, the no patriot way, to me that's a positive, number one. Because it shows that they're thinking along what they're thinking, not just being beholden to how things were done when they were in New England. This is their show. Secondly, I cannot believe that Bill Barnwell said that the Raiders didn't really have a need at wide receiver, that just because they had Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller, they were set at that position. Does he not know what happened last year? This Raider team was humming offensively, even with a uh, offensive line that led to a uh, running game. It was still humming when they had their complement, their true complement of wide receivers or, 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 or arsenal of weapons. It wasn't until a big part of that was taken away, and we all know what I'm alluding to, and then Darren Waller got hurt too, but the offense took a nosedive basically, or it just took a major step back. The Raiders wanted to reclaim that, and not just reclaim it, but improve on it. Devontae Adams and... Um, Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro and Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake, that makes them almost, almost, and maybe at times for sure, undefensible. You're not going to be able to defend that Day in, day out, play in, play out. They're going to be able to put so much pressure on an offense. That was the thought process. It wasn't just, oh, you know, we need a – we better just go sign that tackle, uh, you know, because it was a little bit weak last year. Let's go get a tackle. No, let's make this offense, and this is the thinking, like second to none, as powerful and uh, uh, um, versatile and indefensible as you can possibly put together by adding one of the premier weapons. I don't care what it cost to go get Devontae Adams. And then in the article, he also talked about, why well, why didn't they just trade up to go get, you know, Chris Olave or one of the other, nothing against any of those wide receivers. But we're talking about Devontae Adams, who is still very much at the top of his game and offers an incredible, incredible um, compliment to Darren Waller and to Hunter Renfro. So I, I, I just I, I don't know the thi- where the thinking was. The Raiders absolutely had a night need at wide receiver. They lost Henry Ruggs, what was it, five games into last year, and their offense suffered as a result. They needed to, to fix that. And they did it in a in a in a way that is just unbelievable. Woo! Yes. Yeah. And let's say there. Oh yeah. Fired right. up, man. <laughs> Fired up. All right. Now let's take it
2: on the next subject. To Aaron Donald, who was on "I Am Athlete," the podcast hosted by Brandon Marshall and a rotating cast of NFL play- or former NFL players, but Aaron Donald he was on the podcast, and Aaron Donald's basically saying he could step away from the game. Vinny, this is a man who's how many times has he won Defensive Player of the Year? I want to say every three. year,
0: forever. Exactly.
2: I mean, just won a Super Bowl. We heard this a little bit after the Super Bowl. They ask him, "Hey, is he going to retire?" But now these talks are coming up again as he's on the podcast, and he's saying. Hey, he would be fine walking away. We know he is set for life with the contract that he has. So, Aaron Donald, if he were to walk away from the game, he'd be set for life. And He's in obviously, the Hall of Fame. yes, obviously going into the Hall of Fame first ballot. I mean, right. winning all those Defensive Players of the Year. The question that's already answered. One of the all-time greats on the 2000 team, on the 2010 Hall of Fame team that the NFL compiles. Right. So, you know, we know Aaron Donald would be good if he said, "Hey." I'm going to retire in my early thirties. But okay, Vinny, does the call stand that Aaron Donald has played his last game for the Los Angeles Rams? Oh
0: my gosh! Overturned. The call is overturned. All right. (laughs) First of all, settle down, crowd. First of all, kudos, kudos to Aaron Donald for uh, playing the game so beautifully and perfectly right now making him think, making everybody think he might actually retire. And you know, he does have monopoly money to play with for the rest of his life. Uh, he's taken care of uh, the generation, the many, the Donald's to come, the grandkids, the kids, all of that uh, are taken care of uh, as well. And God bless him for that. He's earned every single penny of it, but we all know what Aaron Donald's doing right now. And you know, rightfully so he deserves, you know, you're at the top. Uh, you've got three years left on, on, on the contract. You probably want a little bit more guaranteed money uh, to get thrown into the uh, into, into the bank account. Uh, he has the leverage right now, and he's saying all the right things and pushing all the right buttons. A, this is going to get happen. If anyone doesn't think that Aaron Donald isn't going to be in a Ram uniform next year and for a few others after this, once a new contract is done, you're nuts. It's going to happen. I have to say this, though. Uh, And this is just, I know I'm a, I'm a word person and it's uh, semantics and all that kind of stuff, but I I keep reading where, you know, Aaron Donald has three years left on his contract that he signed in, in uh, what was it? 2018. I think it was. Um, And he's, but he's outperformed the contract. He's been the highest paid defensive player, at least defensive lineman now for every year. How do you outperform the highest contract (laughs) that's out there for, for you? So it's I, I get it, he deserves um I mean he or I shouldn't say that he de- I, yes, he deserves. he deserves the opportunity to go back in there and say, "Hey, I want to redo the contract and 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 I, I, I give him credit for all the buttons he's pushing and all that type of stuff uh, to make the uh, to give the appearance that he might not come back. It is going to get done, but let's not forget. Aaron Donald has been the highest paid defensive player for a, a few years now. so to say, uh, you know he's outperformed that I don't know how that's that's possible. Uh, I love Aaron Donald. I think he was, I kept saying this leading up to the Super Bowl, he was, it's all things being equal, number 99 was not going to let the Rams uh, lose lose the Super Bowl, uh, he was going to make them make sure that they won it, he did that in the uh, NFC Championship game, making the sack uh, against the 49ers down the stretch, and then also making the game-saving play uh, to to force Burrow into throwing, uh, well, I think it was an interception to end, end the Super Bowl, so he was a difference maker. Uh, he is going to play next year. They're going to get a new contract done. Um, so I would not be paying too much attention or putting too much stock in the fact that he's completely fine with walking away.
2: All right, Vinny. Here's a story from this past weekend that you put me on to. I hadn't even seen the story until I saw you tweet about it. Uh-huh. Jock Peterson. Oh, oh,
0: I love Tommy this. Fam. Yes.
2: All right, Vinny. Uh, a lot of us love to play fantasy football. We I like to dabble. Made it to the playoffs one year, and I was like, hey. I'm pretty darn good at this. Not really, but sometimes people, they're playing <laughs> You're play,
0: playing against your elementary school little cousins or something like that. Hey, win, Dominating. Win. Yes, that's true. <laughs> that's true. But sometimes, yes. you know,
2: fantasy football, there's money involved. Yes. There are bets at stake. If you come in last place in some league, hey, maybe they're kicking you out of the league. So we've got Jock Peterson and Tommy Pham involved in a fantasy football league dispute. So it's so intense that Tommy Pham runs up to Jock Peterson before the baseball game even starts and slaps him in the face yes. over a dispute. What's up with people not seeing slaps in the face coming? You got Chris Rock. Well you, got J- yeah, you got Jock Peterson. Yes. You see the guy coming. right? <laughs> Defend right. yourself. Right. But this is, happens to be over the IRSU, and Jock Peterson allegedly in this <laughs> league is using the IR to his advantage in some ways that some, Tommy Fam deem nefarious. So, Vinny does the call stand? Tommy Pham was in the right to slap Jock Peterson in the face over a fantasy football dispute. Oh man.
0: I got to go. Uh call is uh, overturned. The a, call what, is overturned. <laughs> with a qualifier, uh, I just don't condone any sort of violence. There's other ways to uh to deal with the issue. Uh this is one of the more hilarious stories I've come along. And 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 what makes it even funnier him did you did you listen to jock's uh uh his his responses like he was breaking down, oh, yeah. he was breaking down the situation. Like he was breaking down like a 15 pitch at bat that led to the game. You know, and then it was like a curveball in, and I'm thinking, all right, you know, uh, it's got to be fastball over. The-. Like he was walking us through the entire exchange and what happened, had uh, photos of, of uh, you know, screenshots and th- this and that. Of league laws and rules and yeah, all that. It was like, bizarre. He was, he was ready to defend himself. Which, by the way, it goes to show you how important. I'm telling you this, locker room access is. Uh, Because none of this happens without the San Francisco giant beat writers going back, going in the clubhouse. And not only that, but the second day, Jock Peterson had even more. Like, like he gave the explanation the first day. And by the way, what was he wearing that second day? It was just... Did you see what he was wearing with the hat and everything like that? And somebody – it just it looked like a cartoon character, Jock. He's a cool guy. That's
2: that's all you need to know. You look at an outfit <laughs>
0: like that, and you know you're
2: talking to a cool guy.
0: Had a great uh, – when I when I, when I uh, was a columnist uh, with the L.A. Daily had some nice conversations with Jock Peterson, great ball player. Palo Alto High School. You know who he went to high school with? No, who? Jeremy Lin. And here's uh, – and so Jock was like a freshman or a sophomore of the year. Jeremy Lin in Palo Alto High School – uh, won the California State uh, Basketball Championship, and Jock said I was in the stands. It was they probably played at an Arco Arena in Sacramento. Here's the thing, they played Modern Day, and he, and Jock was even saying like I'm looking at Modern Day, going there's NBA players out there, and we've got our guys, you know, and they ran them off the court. Palo Alto High School beat Modern Day in a major upset, uh, so there's that connection. Um, good player, obviously, but I just the whole thing was so bizarre to me that I could not stop laughing and. I immediately could tell there was more to the story. There was money involved. We didn't get to that part until maybe the second day of the story. And and even Tommy Pham came out and said, hey, man, there's a lot of money involved here. I go, ding, 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 ding. There was, you can only imagine two players that have disposable income. And by the way, last thing I'm going to say, yes, they take it so seriously. Uh, They take... The NCAA tournament, that's usually during spring training. So, if you're covering spring training and you're in the clubhouse, which you normally are for hours upon hours, uh, that's all they're talking about is and who owes who what and everything. I can't believe there's more fights that haven't happened, and there probably are that we have never even heard about when it comes to all of that. Whether it's fantasy football, uh, the NCAA tournament, the, the brackets, and all that kind of stuff, there's you have to baseball is such a boring, mundane day after day, same you know what, different day routine that you have to find some fun in it or create some fun in it, and that's sort of how they do it, but it could get out of hand as we Well, saw. the
2: players are doing this by just giving um, a little in, bit of entertainment. I mean, first you got Tim Anderson, and now you got this. Baseball is just
0: stirring up the drama. <laughs> yes, and how about the group chat? Like, you know. <laughs> like, like the fact that you've got guys from all these different teams, and then uh, you know, Jock saying, "Yeah, I said something about the Padres." Who Tommy fan was on the Padres, Dodgers, Padres—that's a big rivalry from the San Diego Chargers or San Diego uh, Padres side. No, there's no Dodger fan that thinks the Padres are any threat or, or rival or anything like that. That's never been the case. So, but it was kind of funny to see all that. And that was the call stands or is overturned. I think we overturned a bunch of them today. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bunsen. You're brought to you by Tequila and Bahadur. It's Raider Nation Radio 920 AM on a Tuesday. You're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Now, back to your host, Vinny Bunsen you I understand where Bill Barnwell was coming from, kinda, but man, man, you make big moves to uh, to get places, and uh, I to sit there and say that the Raiders didn't have a need at wide receiver. I thought that was one of their biggest needs. Yes, they need the offensive line uh, to get better, but I mean, um, there's 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 people in place, and I think there's still moves that could be made to to improve that offensive line. But I, like when you look at the Patriots, if you're talking about the Patriots' way, they've won Super Bowls with guys that she knew, can't even name that were on that offensive line, guys that they drafted in the seventh round, undrafted free agents uh, that they developed into, uh, into good, solid enough players uh, to, to play on the offensive line on some really good football teams. Uh, I think that being able to bring in game changers like Devontae Adams like, and ha- adding him to a Darren Waller and a Hunter Renfro and everyone else that they have on offense, uh, even if the offensive line isn't great, if it's just good enough, which I think they uh, could get it too, this is an offense that can, has a chance to be unstoppable. Yeah, and this goes—we just got a
2: tweet in on Twitter. Someone tell Bill Barnwell that not even the Patriots are run the Patriots way anymore. Overpaying Aguilar and Jonu and reaching for Strange is borderline.
0: Yeah, the Al Davis at the end of his GM career way. I, I I gotta I gotta agree. I completely forgot about Nelson. They the Raiders were never going to give Nelson Aguilar that kind of money, right? And I don't think anybody else was, to be perfectly honest with you, except for the New England Patriots. So to say that they have never paid a wide receiver, I know it's not the same as what um, Devontae Adams is getting, but nobody in their right mind would ever even compare Nelson Aguilar, a good, solid wide receiver, to – I mean, Devontae Adams, am I, am I wrong to assume that he's Hall of Fame track type of a player? Oh, yes, he's de- he definitely is. Right? I think the numbers – I know
2: the receiving numbers, they just keep getting bigger and bigger. Right. That kind of inflates it. But he is definitely on
0: track. the thing, all right? So uh, to, to, to kind of counter what Bill Barnwell was talking about in terms of the need at wide receiver, Demon, when you were watching the Super Bowl last year, all right, uh, and this was after the Raiders or the Rams had lost or, or Robert Woods, they were swimming, flying around the field early in that Super Bowl with Odell Beckham, right? Oh, Odell Van... Uh, Obviously, copper, Cooper Cup. Yeah, uh, Cooper Cup. What happened when one of those pieces got taken away? To be honest, it really didn't change anything. They they stopped scoring. The, the oh, Bengals. No you know what I'm saying? Like they they sputtered there for a long. While. They had to re, they had to figure it out because um, it looked like it could have been a blowout. Like it, it could have been headed to a blowout um, when when Odell Eldell was like legitimately in the conversation for Super Bowl MVP at that point. Um. So, so I I think the way football is now, you got to add and 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 roll out there with a whole bunch of good weapons offensively because it's a scoring league and you need to continue to put pressure on the defense. And I know the I know the offensive line isn't where it was supposed to be last year, and um, we'll see how far they can push it. I do think there's some tinkering still uh, in the mix, uh, but but I think the I think the offensive line is something that the Raiders believe. Uh, they'll be able to to tinker with and fix and get right enough for this offense to be one of the best offenses of the NFL. Uh, I wanna say thanks to Bill Williamson, uh, the great Bill Williamson uh, for joining us from Sport Nation or uh, uh, SB Nation covers the Raiders, does a great does a great job. Thanks to DeMond Cotton, thanks to all our callers, thanks to all our question askers in the mailbag. We're back at it tomorrow, four to six PM in the huddle. Raider Nation Radio, nine twenty A. M. Check you guys tomorrow.